This is a Clark University podcast. There are so many things that happen inside our intimate relationships that are just the inescapable product of being deep inside an intimate relationship where both people are vulnerable. It's both the greatest source of joy and reassurance, but also like when you're that close to somebody, you're stepping on their toes all the time, right? Whether on purpose or by accident. And we really don't get any instruction or training on how to manage that complexity well at all. Psychology professor James Cordova has long wondered what our relationship health could look like if we engaged in regular checkups, similar to an annual physical or routine dental care. The state of relationship health care is a century behind where the state of physical health care is. Right now, when it comes to relationship health care, the only thing we really have is couples therapy, which is honestly like the relationship health care equivalent of getting a root canal. When it's necessary, it's necessary, and it's absolutely helpful. But what drives the search for that is pain, right? I'm only going to go to get a root canal because my tooth is really hurting. And that means that a significant amount of deterioration has happened at that point. And what we know from the research literature is people wait five, six years in a really distressing relationship before they start to actually seek care. As a culture, as a community, we tend to think about our relationship health, one, not necessarily as a health domain. We don't think about it as equivalent to mental health or physical health or dental health. We think of relationships as like satisfaction, maybe. But we also know from decades of research that when it comes to your physical health, your mental health, your relationship is either helping or it's hurting. So I think one of the biggest challenges we have is just getting people to start to think about their relationship as part of their health and to start thinking about relationship health care as the sort of thing that they should be doing on a regular basis so that we are, you know, staying healthy. I'm Melissa Hansen, a producer in Clark's communications office, and this is Challenge Change. Conflict in intimacy is unavoidable, but James has discovered through decades of research that proactive relationship care can lead to not just a stronger partnership, but also improved mental and physical health. Everybody is sort of just living with and tolerating a certain amount of of distress and either distance or conflict in their relationship that honestly they otherwise wouldn't have to be dealing with if they were able to access regular relationship healthcare. Some of my favorite research in this domain has been done by Janet Kikolt Glaser. And what she does is she looks at, like she actually takes blood draws from couples while they're having conversations or let's say arguments uh, in the lab. And what she's able to show directly is that couples that are experiencing more stress in their relationship have down-regulated immune systems. So like their killer T cells are less responsive to viruses and bacteria than folks that are in healthier, more satisfying relationships. And so the implication of that is if your relationship is a source of stress in your life, you're actually more prone to infection. You want to recover as well from illness. 
and you don't heal as quickly, even just like from regular injuries, right? And and the mechanism appears to be like physical stress. And, and I think one of the things that we really need to wrap our heads around is like when we're feeling like this is distressing to me or this feels stressful, that is something that's happening physiologically, right? Like there are stress hormones being released into your body and those stress hormones are like sandpaper inside your bloodstream, right? Like they're corrosive to our physical health. And people who are experiencing more stress are only not only less healthy, but you age more quickly when you're under a lot of stress. And one of the most significant sources of stress in our lives is a relationship that isn't going well. And so it has this direct effect through like cortisol, right? Through stress hormones on the overall quality of our physical health. And so you can sort of see that people who are in really distressed relationships are actually aging faster and they're sick more often. One of the things that we know from the research that we've done here at Clark is that you don't actually have to address the symptoms of depression directly if a person is in a romantic relationship, because if you address the quality of their relationship health and that improves that relationship health, their depressive symptoms will alleviate. The research that we've done has shown that you get as big an effect from something like a relationship checkup, just a brief checkup, as you get from like a full course of cognitive behavioral therapy and like Wellbutrin. And what that says to us, how, you know, how I sort of read that data is a lot of the mental health challenges that we're struggling with are actually rooted in the quality of our relationships. There's really good evidence that shows the, the quality of your friendships, the quality of your social network in general, uh, even the quality of like more extended sorts of romantic relationships. Really, it, all relationships have effects on your overall physical and mental health. To help couples navigate relationship turbulence, James created the Relationship Checkup, a proactive strategy that recognizes couples' strengths and lays the groundwork for a lifelong healthy intimate connection. The idea came out of just this sense that there's nothing else available to people to get professional relationship health care. What medicine has, what dentistry has that we don't have is an infrastructure for and, a, and a procedures for regular preventative and early intervention checkups. So I designed the checkup over 25 years ago, and we've been doing research on it that entire time. We've done three full-scale randomized control trials that have like, that's sort of the highest level of proof that you can achieve inside clinical medicine. So we know from this 25 years of research that it works. I think the things that we are um, most proud of, I guess, is that the effect is sustainable, right? Like just one checkup, like the boost that you get in your relationship sustains for years, right? And each additional checkup seems to give you another little boost. Easily accessible as possible. We want to keep it brief, just like you only have to go in for your physical checkup for like, what, half an hour once a year for your dental checkup, same thing, like half an hour once a year. We wanted to create something that was like 
two or three really quick sessions, maybe even for, for many couples, just one session, and that checkup once a year is sufficient to improve the quality of their relationship health, both in the short term and for the long term. We tend to hyper-focus on the things that are causing us concern or stress and therefore ignore the actual strengths that we do have. So what we assess primarily is uh, how did the two of you meet? You know, what initially attracted you to each other? We want to learn couples' uh, origin stories, their sort of love stories, because that helps them to remember what initially attracted them to each other and to sort of recapture those resources. And then we really want to help couples to identify what the greatest strengths of their relationships are and, and really help them to leverage those strengths for the overall health of their relationship and for their family. You know, some of the things that the couples appreciate the most about the checkup really are the positive aspects of it, like being able to spend time with a health professional, brushing up on the things that initially attracted them to each other, on what the greatest strengths of the relationship are. So when we're able to do these regular checkups and couples are feeling better in their relationships, they're also suffering less from the symptoms of depression and, and the other things that we've measured in that spot as well. To make a lasting difference in relationship health, the psychology field will need to change. Couples can stay on wait lists for couples therapy for months or even longer. Anybody that gets a mental health degree gets taught to do individual therapy, but it is a relatively rare specialty to get the education and training in order to be a couples therapist. The supply of specialists is pretty limited and the demand is really high. The next phase of the work that we're doing is offer the training to all mental health care providers so that all of the available mental health providers have this tool that's relatively easy to use so that they can provide regular relationship checkups. If we can sort of get all of the mental health providers trained to do this, then that radically increases the supply and starts to be able to meet the demand that's out there. When couples can break through the barriers, challenges remain. Partners often carry beliefs and attachment styles tied to how they experienced love in their youth. Folks bring into the relationship vulnerabilities that they have acquired over the course of their entire lives, right? And a lot of those vulnerabilities they acquire inside their family of origin. And sometimes those are traumas that need to be healed as part of the relationship that they're in and as part of a person's own sort of like personal growth work. Some of that family history just genuinely makes it harder, right? And you have to like try to find ways to heal into a new intimate relationship. While the kinds of conflict have not changed much throughout James's research, what has shifted is that younger generations spend more time negotiating the structure of their relationship. I think if there has been a change, it has been that in the current generations, there is more desire to have a really egalitarian relationship. 
each one of us in our relationships is negotiating what that egalitarian form looks like on a relationship to relationship basis. Currently, we're all in, in all of our relationships negotiating everything. And our skills for negotiating inside of something that's that emotionally tender, we're all a little bit in over our heads. And I think that both men and women are really measuring potential partners against like, how capable are you? <laughs> are you going to be a good partner, a good partner when it comes to emotional support? Are you going to be a good partner when it comes to being like a good intellectual foil in my life? Right. And are you going to be a good partner when it comes to surviving, you know, the demise of late stage capitalism, honestly? <laughs> right. Like we're all going to be like all hands on deck and I need a partner that's going to be all hands on deck with me. I really do think that the key to relationship healthcare into the 21st century is prevention. That we need to get good understanding and education and practices built into a relationship early and often. And the earlier we can get that help and the more frequently we're getting these sorts of relationship tune-ups, the better we're gonna be in the long run. To learn more about psychology at Clark, visit clarku.edu slash psychology. Challenge Change is produced by Andrew Hart and Melissa Hansen for Clark University. Find other episodes wherever you listen to podcasts. One, two, three. Clark! <laughs>